Good morning. After doing corporate prayer a few times, after a while, I get a bit dry and I think, what am I going to pray for this time? So um, earlier in the week I was saying, Lord, what do I pray about this time? And so during my normal Bible reading I came across a verse and this verse kind of the Holy Spirit spoke to me through that and out of that came the prayer. So in Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, who is the treasure in our world. Jesus is worth more than everything else and by far. He is our pearl of great price. Help us to pursue him with all our being. May we find true joy in making Jesus the centre of our lives. It was always your plan that in him we move and have our being. Help us to see that any real treasure on this earth can only be found in our King Jesus and in the kingdom. May we find joy in our daily life by consciously living for the kingdom. Give us a kingdom mentality. Help us to assess our lives and give us courage by your power to remove all that hinders us from giving our best to you, O God. Help us to live as Jesus lived and as he taught us. Help us to look for opportunities to do good to our fellow man. Help us to treat others as we wish them to be treated ourselves, as we wish to be treated ourselves. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to forgive those who have wronged us, but also give us courage to look deep within and admit the pain and hurt we may have caused others. Let us not be comfortable coming to your altar until we are willing to forgive or seek to be forgiven. Because your kingdom is the kingdom of loving kindness, tender mercies and forgiveness. We thank you, our God, that you are always at work in our lives. We thank you for our pearl of great price, Jesus our Lord. And in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Willie, and thank you, Nadine, for leading us so well in worship. Wonderful to be in his presence. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre, and I want to add my welcome to you, particularly if you're new, uh, visiting us, if you're watching online, perhaps for the first time. Just want to uh, welcome you and and trust that you sense God's presence at work amongst us as as we gather in his name. before I get, get started this morning, just a couple of things I, I do want to share. Um, I don't know if you know this, but David and David, the two tech guys up the back here, are pretty much on every week. And they serve us incredibly well um, by being here every week and uh, allowing the, the communication to go out to the web and for you to hear my voice and things like that. And they're doing it every day, every week. So 
we would love to build that team. If you are technically minded, if you love music, if you're a musician and you can, you can hear what needs to go up and what, what goes down, if, you, if, if in your job you play with computers and you can press some buttons, uh, can you come and see us or maybe touch base with Dave or Dave? Because we really want to see those guys released and not have to do it every week. That would be great. Uh, second thing is um, we uh, supported GraceWorks uh, Myanmar for many years and one of the things that we supported was Seiki Island uh, where there's a food program that we uh, gave money to to enable so basically a rice flour that you add water to to have basic <laughs> nutrients to get to an island that was very poor um, and didn't have much uh, infrastructure. Uh, because of what's happening um, at the moment in, in Myanmar, uh, they're unable to get to Seiki Island. They've been um, cut off from that um, project. Uh, and so Graceworks are looking at building a, um, a, f- a bunch of food packages uh, and hoping that the government then allow, because it's humanitarian aid, to be able to get that to Seiki, Seiki Island. So can we just pray uh, for the workers uh, in on the ground there, um, and that that island again be opened up to to the work of GraceWorks and the Gospel. So so can you join me to pray for that? Lord, we thank you uh, for the great work that has uh, happened uh, previously for our support of uh, GraceWorks uh, doing a a work in your name, uh, reaching the lost at Seiki Island. And Lord, we just uh, so uh, blown away by what's happening in the world at the moment and one of the consequences of that is the government there are really uh, coming down hard and making access really difficult so lord we just pray for your supernatural power uh, you are a way maker you're a miracle worker and uh, so lord we just pray for that miracle to be uh, done in that area that those uh, who uh, are working for GraceWorks would just be able to be opened up into Seiki Island again. And, and for those people who need to hear the gospel, uh, those who need to be uh, just blessed and loved in your name uh, would, would find that again. So, Lord, just pray that you would open the way. Uh, sometimes we don't know how to pray or what to pray, but, Lord, may your will be done in that area. And pray your blessing on, on GraceWorks and all, all those who are, who are working there that you would just make a way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, last week uh, we started uh, looking at the book of Colossians and we basically speaking about how Jesus is supreme, Jesus is sufficient, uh, he is all that we need. And that Paul, in writing to the Colossians, uh, he'd never visited Colossae. He was in prison. He heard of a, a report of a new church starting up. Uh, he was pretty impressed with what was happening. But there was a threat to the faith that was going down there because of uh, something called Gnosticism that was infiltrating and making its way uh, into that, that realm. If you want to unpack that and look at that. We talked about our podcast, subscribe to that, check out last week uh, as we talked quite a lot about that. But basically Gnosticism, there were two main problems that they didn't, uh, that they thought 
everything material was evil and everything spiritual was good. So how could Jesus be in a human body? Uh, that, that was a problem for them. So, so Paul writes to them and says, no, Jesus is supreme. Jesus is God. He is the image of the invisible God. In fact, if you want to see who God is, look to Christ. And there was this other thing in Gnosticism, which is basically you there's a secret knowledge. There's, there's a secret code. There's, there's something more to be added to the basic level. And we talked about how we love to accessorize and add things to our, to our cars or our, or our um, uh, clothes. And we don't need to do that. So Jesus is sufficient. Everything that has been given to us in his word is all that we need. Uh, his salvation is written in, in the word. He's, it's all complete, finished work. Nadine said that today. It's his finished, complete work. It's all sufficient. We don't need to find something else to add to it. Don't need to find some secret knowledge. We don't need to go, well, we started on the journey pretty well, but let me tell you about what you now need to know. Now, there's nothing, nothing more now because Jesus is uh, sufficient. And so um, we're taking two weeks to look at Colossians. We probably should have taken two months, so <laughs> apologize for that. But at chapter one we looked last week is that Jesus is everything. He, was, he existed before time. All things were created through him. Everything that exists exists because of Jesus. And not only that, but he sustains all things. So all things, all nature, all humanity, uh, all scientific laws, he sustains and upholds. And we know that at the end of time, he's going to culminate and reconcile all things to himself, all things Gnostics, not just spiritual things, but all things material creation, you and I. So Jesus is the beginning, he is the middle and the end, he is everything, and he is amazing. No prophet, no spiritual leader, no other religion can can have a one-up on Jesus. No other um, way or philosophy can have the resume of creating everything, sustaining everything, and bringing everything together. Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. And he created you, he redeemed you. He made you, he saved you. And this is not just a concept. It is not just something to look at and go, oh, wow, isn't that a nice thought? He is everything he is. So, so Jesus is everything. And now we're going to go on to our next little, little bit of Colossians. And we're going to say Jesus is everything that he is, what we've just described. Jesus is everything he is in you. Wow. All supreme, all sufficient, no one can come close. Amazing, wonderful creator God in Jesus is all that he is in you. Jesus doesn't take some sort of dialed down version, some uh, type of divinity that we can handle because he's so amazing and supreme. No, all that Jesus is, is who he is in you. Now that is life changing. Paul in Colossians, we, we 
touched on this last week. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness. There it is again. We don't need to add to it. It's The word of God is in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages, that's the language of the Gnostics, is now disclosed to the Lord's people. The truth has been revealed to you and to I. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, Paul's ministry to the Gentiles, not just to the Jewish people, but those who were considered outside of God's uh, family, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ, that's the mystery that's been revealed. That, that's the life-changing thing. This is the game-changer. Everything that Jesus is, he is in you. He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Now we're going to come back to that bit. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works within me. So Paul himself is stating the, the power and the wonder of this concept because it's not Paul's strength and Paul's wisdom and Paul's effort and character and gifts. It's Christ in him that is at work enabling him to preach and to teach and to uh, reach those who are lost. So this gets packed with so much power. Everything that Jesus is, his sufficiency, his supremacy is in us. It's not by works that this happens. Jesus has done it for us. It's not that we go to a job interview and uh, we have to, to, to take a test and, and we, we get the tick boxes and, yes, now I'm all complete and I'm all, all wonderful. No, Jesus has taken the job interview for us. He's taken the test for us. And this is a new system of living. It's not adhering to a strict law, which is what they used to have to do. Uh, it's that gets us to God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna behave a certain way. I'm gonna do a certain number of things. I'm gonna uh, follow a system in order in, to enable me to to get to God. No, God has come to you. He has made a way. He's, he's, he's been raised from the dead. Jesus has been has. He's the image of God. He is God. He's revealed himself to be God. He is God with us. And not only that, his, his risen body becomes into community and into communion with humanity. He has come to us and says, I've reconciled all things to me. We don't, we don't get to God. God comes to us. Now, this is a new position that we have in Christ. The Bible says that uh, we are in Christ, and then Paul says, and Christ is in us. How does that work? <laughs> we are in Christ, but Christ is in us. Uh, someone tried to explain it like, imagine um, you, were, you, know, you can't take the country out of the How's that one go? The boy out of the country. So, so it's a bit like, um, so say Joe's from England, 
Okay, that's that's known. She she loves whenever it comes to sporting um, thing between Australia and England. Joe's going for England because you can't take England out of her. So 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 it's in her. But there's this desire for her. Also, even though she's not in in England, the the moment she steps back in the shores of of that country, she feels at home. So she so England is in her, and she loves to be in England. So someone's tried to explain it like that. I think that's a, a little bit. A little bit funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> it's a bit funny to be, want to be English. No, no. Um, <clears throat> Imagine you're this bucket. You you are a bucket. Okay, I'm done. That's it. That's uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you you are a bucket, and it's saying that Christ is in you, but you're in Christ. Imagine this bucket in the ocean. As it sinks into to the ocean, into Christ, Christ, it, you are in Christ, but Christ is also in you. Can you see that there's an envelopmentness? I've just made up another word. I love making up words. Completely in and around and through and in and under, such, so connected, so intimate, so, so connected. In fact, Jesus himself um, said this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. He's talking about the believers to come. That, in, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. So Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Christ. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. There it is again. There's a connectedness. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Here we have a picture of the interconnectedness of the the Godhead. That Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Spirit, the Spirit is like there's just, even though they are distinct persons, they're, they're, they're one. They're, they're just so close and knitted together and compacted together. And what Paul is saying is that you and I have been brought into that knittedness, into that connectedness, into that intimacy, into that real loving close relationship that existed before all time between Father, Son and Spirit, now we have been drawn into that very relationship, into that very community. Now that would have been so amazing for the Gentile believers because the old system, even in the system of worship, when you looked at the the way the temple was set up, that the, the... Right in the centre, behind the curtain, when Joe said, what's happening behind the curtain, I was keen to say, we're going to build the Holy of Holies. <laughs> behind, behind the curtain was the presence of God, his existence in the world. But because of the sinful nature of humanity, God and, and, and humans could not be in contact with each other. So there, there had to be this, this curtain, this, this room, this boundary that that was couldn't couldn't be accessed apart from a high priest. So imagine 
you're going to temple worship in the ancient days and you were a Gentile, you weren't a Jew, it would be like you coming to this church and, you, and, and there would be a system of like levels and doors and gates that you go through. The, the, the outer courts were the courts of the Gentiles. They were able to come and worship. And then after that, there was, um, I think the women were after that. And then the women weren't allowed to keep going. But then the Jewish men were able to keep going. And in, 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 until the very last thing was the high priest who'd done all of his, his official washing and everything was able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And there's, there's, there's talk about they used to tie a rope around the ankle in case he got knocked down by God and they had to pull him out because he couldn't go in there to rescue him. I don't know if that's true or not. But it's like if you're a Gentile, you coming to this church, you can go to the car park. We'll let you go that far. But then only the, the, the next level of people can, can come in and gather here and then only I as a high priest is able to actually enter into the real presence and wonder of, of God. So what Paul is saying here is actually mind-blowing for the readers that are reading this. No longer are they only able to go to the car park, but they're able to walk straight down this aisle and bust straight through because Jesus has torn the curtain. Jesus has made a way. Jesus has reconciled himself to us and as we are in him and he is in us, so we now participate with God in right, close relationship. Isn't that marvellous? So in chapter 3 he says, Since you then have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So this is our new, new position we have been raised with Christ. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And it says in Ephesians, we, we are in him and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. We, we had a prayer night on Thursday night. Uh, if, if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to be here. Um, Thursdays, Thursday, Thursday of the month. And, and someone mentioned that this isn't just some celebrial kind of concept. This is a reality for you and I. This is a new position that we have in him. He is seated at the right hand of God and so are we. We're caught up in Christ. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. There it is. This is our new reality. The old system is gone and now you and I are hidden in Christ. Wow. Wow. We are so woven and linked together. It's our brand new reality. This is why we proclaim Jesus. This is why we proclaim his grace over our lives. We sang just before, there is a truth that sets me free, Jesus Christ who lives in me. So we don't need another book to read, don't need another net message, another prophecy to reveal more truth. It's all done. Jesus has done this for us. It's the full message that is sufficient for you and for everyone. It says in Jesus we see the fullness of God. I just want to read from uh, 
chapter 2, verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So that's that attack on that, that first thing of Gnosticism. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Now, other translations say to completeness. So there is a finished work here that as Christ comes and makes his home in us and us in him as he draws us into the very Godhead, there is, a, there is something that happens in us where he completes us, where we were once uh, unsufficient and unable to, to reach him. We are now able to be in fullness with him. So we proclaim Christ who so powerfully works within me. So it's not, it's not you and Christ, what a good team you are. It's not Jesus and me sort of, yay, high five. <laughs> it's Jesus in me that so powerfully works to bring me to completeness. And so that's what I want to say next. So then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything he is in you. And the third thing is, Jesus is everything he is in you, changing everything. If I'm, I'm helping you out here, guys. You know when you get home and someone maybe wasn't at church, how was church? Yeah, it was good. Oh, what was the message? Yeah, it was a fantastic message. What was it about? Oh, I can't really remember, but it was good. Ever have that situation? <laughs> now, now you can memorise this, okay? Jesus is everything. He is in you, changing everything. Jesus is everything he is in you, changing everything. He changes us from the inside out. He transforms our hearts. And through our transformation, as we go out and live, he transforms the world around us. In Colossians 2 verse 9, he says, um, you have been brought to fullness. So there's, there's a transition that... Uh, a, a work in us that happens to be made complete as Christ comes in us. And back before we said, he is the one we proclaim, um, teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone what? Fully mature. You know, as, as we grow up, as little kids, we behave certain ways and do silly, fun things, but then there comes a time where in, in our world we call it being mature. So what does that look like? What does that look like as Christ does a, does a work in us? It's a total life makeover from the inside out, transforming our hearts. See, in chapter 3, he, he says, this is the new reality. It's, it's not a concept. Christ is everything he is in you. Therefore, because that's the new reality, the old is gone, so we put to death the old life. Whatever belongs to our earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, 
Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, the old system. But now, because of the new reality, because Christ is all all that he is in us, changing everything, we must rid ourselves of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've been taken off your old self with its practices and you put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. I want to come back to that line because that's packed with all sorts of stuff. There is no Gentile, Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Silithian, slave, free, whoever you are, wherever you've come from, whatever your walk, wherever you are, it is Christ is in all and, and in all. So, so there is no longer the barriers to have to get through. There is no longer the, oh, I'm, only, I'm only this, therefore I can only make it this far. He's burst all of that and made a new system. Jesus is not just a ticket. He is not just a way of salvation. He is not just a get-out-of-jail card free, free card. <laughs> you ever play Monopoly, you get a get-out-of-jail free card. Like you, you can just pull it out of your pocket when you need to. Jesus isn't just a ticket. He isn't just a, at the end of time, uh, if, if I need him, then I can pull it out and, and I can be saved, I'm free, Woohoo! And it doesn't, doesn't change anything to do with my life. Jesus is everything he is in you, but he's changing you. He is renewing you. He is transforming you. It actually says into the image of its creator. Now, last week we, we looked at this word icon, which is a Greek, which is where we get our English word icon, where in the first chapter Jesus is described as the image of the invisible God and this Greek word says uh, it's not so much like a picture or a portrait it goes so much deeper than that to say that it's actually the manifestation of that picture in 3D, 4D smell, distinguishing features, everything. So if you want to know what God is like you look to Christ because Jesus is the image, he's the icon of God Now, it says here that you and I, as Jesus works in us, are being renewed in the image of its creator. In Genesis, when it says that humanity was created in the image of God, it uses that word icon. And what it's saying is that we were created to be perfect. We were created to bear the very image of God himself. But sin came along and it destroyed that image, that painting. It put blobs all over it. It it tore it. It needed renewing. It needed restoring. And in Christ, that image that was broken, that picture that we long to be like him, is now being renewed because Christ is in us renewing us in the image of the creator. So Jesus isn't only the icon of God, 
He is also the icon of humanity. Jesus was perfect and sinless. Jesus was as we were designed and created to be. And so as Jesus shows what the Father is like, he shows us what we are to be like. And we are being renewed in the image of Christ. In other words, we are being made mature. We are being made complete. We are being made into Christ himself, the image of that. Isn't that amazing? No more no more old self, no more broken picture, no more splodged with with red paint. <laughs> he's, he's, he's getting out his, his stuff and he's touching it up and he's renewing it, he's renewing it. We talked about that a few months back. Remaking it, making it new, making it into his image, you and I. So... I'm just wondering what I'll do here. So then, I haven't got this, but let's just read it from chapter chapter three, if you've if you've got it. Verse twelve. Therefore, as God's holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. This is the new image. This is the new humanity. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Willie prayed that for us this morning. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What a what a different image that is to the image that we read about in our old nature. Because Christ in us is changing us into his likeness. Into his likeness. Then in chapter 4, he goes on to talk about what it looks like to be changed. Wives, this is what it looks like to live a changed life. Husbands. This is what it looks like to live a changed life. Kids, any kids left? <laughs> this is what it looks like to live a changed life. Employees, this is what it looks like to live a Christ-like life as you employ. Slaves, we don't really have that kind of in our culture anymore, but this is what it live, looks like to live a changed life, a new identity in Christ, positioned in him. Employers, Church, this is what it looks like. This is a new reality and it changes every single relationship that you have. Workplace, family, neighbours. It changes and touches every aspect of all of that. So Jesus is everything. He is in you, changing everything. I want to just pose a question to you this morning. Have you lived a life where 
perhaps you haven't seen much change. Perhaps you look at that list that we had before and you think, well, well that, that's me and that, that's my life. And you, you look at the list about love and unity and forgiveness. Well, that's what I, that's what I long for. That's what I, that's what I aim for. You see, our world is full of people who aim for it in their own strength. They try to forgive, but they can't. They try to love, but they can't. Because they see what they want to be. And so I will try to get to what I want to become. But none of us can ever do that. It's the power of Christ in us that transforms us and enables us to do that, to make that change. And it's even not us that makes the change. It's him that does it. It's all grace. And so I want to say, if you've lived a life and, and you're not seeing change, perhaps you get that Jesus is everything. That's a wonderful concept. That's a wonderful ideology. That's a wonderful thing that I can agree with in my head. Jesus is wonderful. I read about it. I sing about it. I, I, I hear people tell stories about it. That's a great thing. And you're still perhaps then living in a system where, okay, because he's everything, I've now got to make myself get to him. I've got to live up to him. I've got to have a certain standard in my life to, 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 to make that me connect with that. And, and it's all through what you're doing rather than what he's done. Maybe, in, you know how I said Jesus, can you just put up the Jesus everything one again? I'll try and find it. Number one, Jesus everything. Jesus everything is in you, changing everything. I reckon between number one and number two is where we find faith and where, where we receive Christ and the change happens. Because I think many people believe Jesus is a wonderful man, that he did amazing things, he's a good teacher. But if the reality of that doesn't come and make its home in us and change us, then we're just left with that as an out-there concept. Paul says, when you received Christ, have maybe there's some of us here living today where we agree with this wonderfulness of Jesus being everything, but have we really gone to number two and received Christ and said, I surrender. All of that striving and all of that trying to be a person that I can't ever be, but I long to be, can't happen unless, Jesus, you come in me and you change me from within. I surrender. I receive you. Come and do a work in me. I wonder if there's some of us here like that today. I wonder if there's some of us here who perhaps a few years back, a few decades back, had a revelation of Christ and were transformed. 
but then feel a bit like the Gnostics have come in and said, oh, now you've got to do this, now you've got to do that. And you're falling back into the old system where you're not positioned in Christ and him and you and that that's not your new reality where he's changing everything. I wonder if there's one or two of you who might have a story of a transformed life where Jesus was your everything and you received him and you saw a transformation that could not have been done in your own strength. Does anyone have a story that you want to share? I know I just put that on you just then. <laughs> but some of you might have an experience, a testimony to that. Anyone? Yeah. Trying to come up. Jim? Well, thank you. I hope this is relevant. Many years ago, I was a manager of a property and I had a a wonderful employer. He was a dentist and uh, he would come down and work on the farm with me and we'd work together and he would slave away and do exactly what I told him to do and he was, he was a wonderful employer he was a an atheist there's lots of stories I'd like to t- share about him but th- this is what happened this particular day we are working in the sheep yards and it was about 110 in the shade and the sheep weren't doing what they were should be doing and I was a young Christian at this time and uh, I was telling the sheep what sort of naughty people they were. I was swearing and carrying on. And uh, I won't use his name, but this wonderful man just kept working away. <laughs> and uh, after a while I realised what I was doing. And from that day I did not swear again. He showed me what I needed to know, but really it was Jesus. I don't have a need to swear. I have a great need to praise God for everything. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Great example of Jesus changing that aspect of his life. It wasn't, wasn't through power or trying. Jesus did it. No, no swearing since. Anyone else got a story of a transformed area of their life? <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of stories. Oh, yep. Uh, same sort of thing, young Christian. Um, Went back to England, England, hear that? Yeah, went back to England, felt very at home. Uh, I hadn't been saved about 12 months and we went to this party and I decided that I was not going to tell any of my English friends, my rugby club mates, etc., that I'd become a Christian. I was all right, you know, it was fine in Australia and I'd go to church, but I didn't really want to make a stand. 
So we went to this party, and I'll try and shorten it, but um, <clears throat> from the moment we walked in, this man I used to drink with attacked me verbally, shouted at me uh, without me saying a word. He said, you become a beep, beep, beep Christian. <laughs> and Yeah, <laughs> a beep, beep, beep one. And, uh, yeah. And, and Bev immediately witnessed that God had set this whole thing up. And the people we were walking in with, uh, he, he and I were left out in the street sort of shouting at each other. And Bev said, he'll be fine, and walked into the party. Well, the party goes on. Imagine, like in the Sunday school, uh, Bev is talking to a young lady in the Sunday school about Jesus, and uh, this guy's shouting at me, and we're having this on thing. And the next minute, he'll run across to say to Bev, uh, to the girl he was talking to, don't you listen to what he's saying? She, he thinks the same as him. And so this spirit was picking up in this man, this anger, uh, what Bev was saying. And there was this loud party, and so I'm shouting, and he's saying, well, why, what have you been? And I said, well, I don't know, but I've just come to know Jesus. He's changed my life. It's just it's a wonderful experience. And he would shout some more, and I'd shout back. And so here's, <laughs> here's this whole party of about 40 people all going, is that Mick Russell? Is that what? What's going on here? He's shouting about Jesus, is he? Was he swearing? No, no. <laughs> and uh, anyway, long, uh, um, he became very agitated, and at one stage he came over, and Bev was sitting there said, uh, witnessing to this uh, friend of mine's uh, girlfriend, and he, he got really angry, and uh, he started to abuse Bev. And I, I said, right, that's it. I said, I'm an Englishman, I'm a gentleman. I said, I don't mind what you say to me, I've heard all those words before, but don't you say that in front of my wife. And he then said, your beep, beep, beep wife. And that was it. I lost my cool. I grabbed him, I picked him up, I threw him against the wall, I lifted my fist, and his eyes were saying, for what we're about to receive. <laughs> and I went to strike him, and I wanted to, because I had lost control. And my arm was stopped in midair. The Spirit of God just came and arrested me. And I couldn't hit him. I wanted to. And it just stopped in midair. And just this, this spiritual battle that was going on, it was just like a balloon had been pricked and the whole thing just subsided. And then he and I had this amazing conversation about Jesus. And he said the same thing. He'd been looking for Christ all his life. He said, you've been away for 12 months. You and my drinking buddy you used to crawl around the floor together. And he said, you come back 12 months later, and I can see you've changed what's happened. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's something in that. So, Jesus is everything he is in you changing everything. And part of that change is obvious to other people. And God uses that change to then change others. Isn't that amazing? Can I get the music team up? So, again, going back to that between point one and point two, is, is there an opportunity this morning to again receive Christ? to acknowledge our own failings and strivings and say, I can't do it in my own strength. Jesus, will you come in me, not as a dialed down safe version, but the 
miracle-working, way-making version that can come and do a work in me to the point where I'm changed. Every little area, nothing's hidden. Jesus is working. Jesus is working to transform you from the inside out. Not just your appearance on how you look, how you behave, but how you think. What you believe and how that motivates you to live your life. Can we stand? Lord, we thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us. Lord, that we don't need to add on any of our efforts or striving. Lord, that your work on the cross was all that we need to have a renewed life. Thank you that our only role is to receive you and to take what you've done as a gift and have it in our heart of hearts. Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning who's, who's striving, who is struggling, who, who sees the life that they wish they were. It, it's, it's, in, it's like it's in reach it's, and longing for it. And there's constant tripping up and stumbling and, and frustration with that. Lord, would you come this morning all that you are to make the reality of what you've done real in their hearts this morning and may you begin to do a work that changes them and renews them into the image of yourself perfect, pure spotless, without blemish that we can come in communion with you, we don't need a holy of holies, we don't need a curtain we can just come and embrace you that we're enveloped by your love as you are in us and us in you. And we're in each other. We're all caught up as is the church, brothers and sisters in Christ. So Jesus, would you come as we sing, minister to hearts, we pray. May there be a release of your spirit amongst us this morning, just doing a new thing in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you feel like that was you, that picture of you, maybe on a track and you can, you can see up in the distance of, of what you'd long to be and to become, and you're running and you're tripping and you're frustrated, would you come to Jesus this morning? Allow him into your heart and to do a new work in you. Let's just pray for that as we sing.
to make ourselves anything that we're not but that you've taken us you've received us into your very self and because of that we have a new place in you oh Lord we just pray for those who have come this morning just really longing for a touch from you Lord that this wouldn't be a concept that's out there it's just too hard to understand, but it'll be a reality that is lived out as you come and make your home in our lives. That all that you are is in us, and that that changes us, and it changes everything. So, Lord, I just pray your, your blessing on everyone here today. May we walk out of this place changed and able to live in the full image of Christ because it's Christ that so powerfully works in us. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being part of church today. I trust that you've been blessed. Hey, if there's anything that's happening in your life, anything that you just want someone just to chat with, it can be anything to do with this morning, it could be anything beyond that, I really encourage you um, to either seek someone out as we have coffee together or he- head into the prayer room and just really talk through and just have prayer to, to, for that to be outworked uh, in your life this morning, to go away changed because of what, I was, what God has done. So uh, bless you all. Uh, feel free to have uh, a coffee and some time together. And, hey, you might have a story about transformation in your life that you can share with someone this morning rather than just talking about football or something like that. Let's, let's take that, uh, that concept and share that with one another this morning, okay? Bless you.